We are back at it. Buenos dias, mi amigos. I'm Carson Cunningham, <laughs> back from Mexico. Uh, a little rec- uh, rest and relaxation down there. It was a good time, but we are back. I know you guys have missed us since our uh, Mike Holder podcast heard around the world, so I wanted to bring in my my good friend and co-host, Kyle Porter. Um, Kyle, we got to kind of break down the... Uh, the fallout, the the ashes, the aftermath, the rubble uh, that was our Mike Holder interview. Yeah, I think there was a sense that we just sort of stopped doing the podcast after the Mike Holder interview, which is is not the case. I was traveling for the U.S. Open. You were on vacation. Uh, we just had a little sync up. We're actually going to do two podcasts this week. We have one uh, later on in the week with uh, what I think or who I think will be a fun guest, but I... I remain stunned at the fallout from the podcast that we did with Mike Holder. I was talking to my, my dad the other day, and I said we were, we were talking about, as everyone's talking about, just sort of the comments on recruiting. And it's probably been played out to this point, but you and I haven't talked about it publicly. And I just told him it felt like – I mean, in the moment, it didn't – I don't want to say it felt like a throwaway comment, but it didn't feel like – even the most important thing he said as we were talking to him. I, I mean, that that was sort of my uh, one of my biggest takeaways from the entire conversation. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, certainly my eyebrows raised when he said it yeah. as we were doing the interview. I was like, whoa, I didn't expect him to say that. But in no way, shape, or form did I expect the for, for it to be on PTI, for them to be breaking it down <laughs> between Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. And... And again, I, I just I think context is important. I think a lot of people read the excerpts and didn't listen to the interview. Um, I think that was a big problem. I do, I do think a lot of people listen to the context and they still say, well, I know he was patting him on the back, but you, you just can't say it. And that, I guess that's my, my biggest overall thing about this is, you know, people just and I get I get two sides of this, Kyle. I don't know how, how long I want to go on this, but I have two <laughs> sides here like. I understand the the Doug Gottlieb side where and the Mike Gundy probably side where you say you can't say that you're basically saying my current players on campus aren't good enough you cannot come out and say that as the athletic director mm-hmm. I, I get I get that criticism I do but I don't think that's what he was trying to say he was he was giving an overall assessment of Mike Gundy and I think people need to understand that Mike Holder is not your typical athletic director. He is not Joe Castiglione. So for someone to say an athletic director should never say that, he's a former coach, and he was talking as a former coach. He was talking about his philosophy, you know, even – and I think a lot of people forget the comment he said at the end where he said, look, I know nothing about recruiting football players. I know about recruiting golfers. I, I think it was just an honest assessment of a coach that he knows not going anywhere – of a coach that knows he's not going anywhere. And it just, I think it just, it blew up when I think it was just a former coach giving his philosophy, not an athletic director criticizing his head coach's recruiting. That's kind of the, the way I felt about, felt about it. Did you see in the Tulsa world that he said he regretted the comment? No. When did he say this? Uh, Mark Cooper did a, a good piece on him kind of uh, just about his, 
uh, contract renewal that's going to take him for three more years and, and is worth close to $3 million. But he said that he, uh, yeah, just that he, reg- he, he didn't go into detail about it, but he just said he regretted saying that. I'm sure he regrets the fallout. I don't think he regrets saying it because um, Mike Holder is a straight shooter. And, you know, Kyle, uh, on my trip, I, I picked up the book, uh, The Last Putt, you know, the 1995 yeah. Oklahoma State team against Tiger and Stanford. Yep. And there's a chapter in there about Mike Holder. And I wish I had read it before our interview because many of the things he talked about in our interview is in that book. Yeah. And one of the main takeaways I got from that book is Mike Holder is a— three years ago. Yeah. It's crazy, right? And one of the biggest takeaways in that book is Mike Holder, he's different. He, he, he speaks his mind. And I think I, I just I have a hard time accepting the, the people that just wanted to rip the guy. And I, my biggest regret, Kyle, is that, you know, now we, he probably won't do any do any interviews. He won't he won't talk as freely as he did. I think a lot of people enjoyed our interview for the for the myriad of different other things he said. And, and again, you said this and maybe I'm. Maybe you and I are too close to it, to where we're defending him, and we got to look at it in, in black and white. But I think there's a lot of gray in there too with our interview. Yeah, totally. I I have no object objectivity here. I'm com- It's completely, you know, like I I'm I am too close to it. I like talking to Mike Holder. I like listening to him talk. I said that before the podcast. I'm saying it after the podcast. You know, I I think one of the things. Well, I'll talk about my my biggest takeaway here in a minute. But one of the things that I think is important to remember is that, like, everybody kept coming up with these sort of um, pairing it to, well, if you talked like this about your wife or if you talked like this about your boss or or your boss talked about you or whatever. And it's like (laughs) this, this entire thing is constructed in a world where we talk publicly about things that we never talk about publicly. People's salaries, how they're doing day to day at their job. Like, like we we talk about Mike Yursich at his like in his day to like the day to day activity of his job in a way that nothing else ever gets talked about publicly. And so I just think I, I don't know. Like I, I I do. I also get the other side as well, but I just think that that's an important thing to remember as we discuss this is that we're living in this weird world where things that don't get talked about publicly are getting talked about and, and Holder was just sort of existing within that world. No, that's a great point. I mean, in what other field are people calling for you to be fired on Twitter? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what, it's like the Mike Yersich existence and, and no, uh, you're right. Well, what, what was your biggest takeaway? I guess, I guess, Go ahead. What's your biggest takeaway? Yeah, my my biggest takeaway is just, and I said this on a couple of different radio shows that I was on, I think the franchise and the sports animal, but uh, his his desire to win championships and and just the level at at which he expects uh, coaches and players to buy into that. And and that's a great thing. I, I, I probably would have said that Mike Holder's about championships before we did our interview. But after it, I was like, wow, that's, that's his deal, you know? And, and I think that it just sort of, it it puts basketball, it puts football, it puts baseball into a different perspective for me. Like I I look at it, not entirely differently, but I look at Oklahoma State basketball and baseball and, and all the other sports as well differently 
post interview than I did uh, before we did that interview. Yeah, and I I think have you have you read the last putt by the way? I've read bits and pieces. I I have not read the entire Holder chapter. Yeah, you need to read it because it that that's yeah. one of the biggest takeaways too is just how obsessed he is with winning. I think yeah. a really pertinent part was when he was hired. He was like 24 or whatever, had no salary, and the and the president or athletic director at the time basically said golf's not important. So instead of and he took that like totally out of spite. He's like, I'm going to win it all. And I'm going to win everything. And so he's, he, yeah. put, he put aside his professional aspirations to play golf because he had those. And he's like, I'm going to stick it to this guy and win everything. And he, like, he won the national title in like his second season or something just totally absurd with like no funding or anything else. So that, that illustrates your point and just how obsessed he is with winning. And I think my immediate reaction to the fallout was the fact that I thought it was hilarious, Kyle, that everyone kept saying, well, Holder's right. He just can't say it. Well, like, it's obvious to everyone that Oklahoma State does not recruit at the level in which their program is at, the level in which they've been winning. I mean, yeah. the fact the fact they were behind Baylor last year was an atrocity. You should never why, be behind why, Baylor. Why can't he say it? Like, like what, what, and, and, and this, this is, I, I wrote about this. I, I don't know if you got to read it or not. I think you were still on vacation. The only reason that you wouldn't say that, I don't, I don't, the players on campus thing, that's, that's kind of a straw man for me. Like, do players on campus, like, does, is Dylan Stoner walking around being like, man, I'm really <laughs> upset about what Mike Holder said? Like, does he even care? Like, those guys are, and, and we've both been in and seen that world. They don't care about any of that stuff. No. Kyle Boone was, Kyle Boone was talking to, re, to a recruit that is, uh, I, I was, football that's coming next year and he was like what are you talking about like they, they, <laughs> it's, it's not even a it's it's just I I, I dismiss that argument I, I you know I respect Doug Gottlieb and his opinion I I don't I don't think that that's a com, like a, a really solid argument I just don't uh but then so so the only person that's really hurting I think uh, or, or that you're putting yourself at risk with is is Mike Gunn is your head coach. If you come out and publicly criticize your head football coach, your head basketball coach, you're you're jeopardizing that relationship potentially in the future. But but the thing with that is Mike Gunn has this new contract. He's he's he just turned down whatever the number was, forty million dollars from Tennessee. Mike Gundy's never leaving Stillwater, and if that's true then your comment about his recruiting it, it doesn't like there's not a there's not a big risk to it right like it, there's just you're not risking him leaving because you're mad at him and say so publicly like he's not going anywhere where's he going to go he just <laughs> turned down 40 million dollars from yeah. Tennessee I mean they're at this point Kyle I compared them to like an old married couple like neither yeah. neither of them are leaving they're going to they're going to bicker every now and then but for better or for worse, Mike Holder and Mike Gundy are attached at, at Oklahoma State, and yeah, I think and, it's and so, sorry. Well, and go ahead. So, and so it, it there's a potential that you're uh, you're you're sort of bringing light to a situation that I, I think a lot of people are not aware of how badly OSU recruits compared to how much they win. You know, I made that point to our CBS college football writers. I was like, they finished behind Baylor in recruiting last year, and they were sort of unaware of the situation and it's mm -hmm. like you're sort of holding your head coach I don't want to say publicly accountable but you're shining a light on it to the point that 
you know, Kyle Boone pointed this out as well. Oklahoma State's risen 10 spots in the recruiting rankings for 2019 since Holder made those comments. Now, is there a correlation there? Probably not. They were probably going to, you know, get to that point anyway. But I do think you're, you're providing the possibility that your coaches are going to be pissed off about this and do something about it w- within the recruiting. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that, Kyle, was Gundy accepting some commitments. Like, watch this, Holder. I'm going to take this quarterback who has offers from Northwestern or wherever that quarter. They, they <laughs> took a lot of commitments. They took a lot of commitments like in the immediate aftermath, I think, to just stick it to them. But yeah. and the caveat is you're right, Kyle. Like the caveat is like Gundy wins, so people just move on. But I do think it's fair to say, well, he does win, but they did lose three home games last year with the best team Gundy's had in a long time. So it's not as if yeah. it's not as if he's winning Big Twelve and national championships and he Mike Holder should just shut up. It's a it's a fair criticism. And people just gloss over the fact like it's a two-way street. Mike Gundy has come out and criticized Mike Holder for scheduling, for recruiting budget, for a myriad of other things, and, and he's yeah. done it. And he's done it at a press conference, which is much different, I guess, than a. It's it's no different, I guess, than a podcast, and that it's just it's a public record. So I, I, I don't think you can have it both ways. And I, again, I just I don't view it as a criticism. I think I, I viewed it as just a philosophical difference. And and Mike Holder said, look, he's. He's like Mike. The best part—I thought one of the best parts of the podcast was Mike Holder asking us if we wanted a world without Mike Gundy as the head coach. Of the <laughs> and you were—and you were just like deadpan. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. So, and so, like, like that I just—I I think it's that just totally overblown. I think people act like Holder and Gundy are going to fight in the hallway or something. So I just—I again, people when I'm around town, and even uh, I met a couple in, in Mexico from Oklahoma. They asked me about it. I just. I just told him like it, it just blows my mind how much that blew up. I'm I'm sure yeah. time of year has a lot to do with it and that it's the middle of summer, there's nothing going on. I get that part of it, but just I, I thought it I did not think it warranted the the lambasting he got and we should probably reach out to him and in I'm I've been meaning to send him an email. You know, he he answers all his emails. I've been meaning to reach out to him and just tell him I'm sorry that it that blew up like it did. I mean not that we had any part in that, but just I kind of regret that he's having to deal with that firestorm. Well, the it was it was funny because uh, this is this is by the way this is how we to everybody that's listening this is how we talk when we're not like doing the podcast like we're just having like this is the type of conversation that we have. But it was funny to to see the they started tweeting the emojis and all that stuff and and people were like. If Oklahoma State football goes down because of you guys, you, I hope you never have access. To it. And I was like, "What? What are we talking about here?" Like, I, I have no idea like how Gundy feels about any of this. I, I think Big Twelve media days are certainly going to be pretty interesting. Um, but I just, I don't. It doesn't seem like the type of thing that he's gonna hold on to for months and years like it's just a thing and it's gonna pass and he's probably having a little bit of fun with it he's probably sort of annoyed by it but I I just I don't know I don't think it's as big of a deal as everyone's making it it's gonna be a big story at media days but I can I can totally see Gundy you know making light of it and just it hit I could totally see him diffusing it within about like one or two answers you know what I mean I don't I don't think it's gonna be Anything crazy. Yeah, totally. 
he pulls out the uh, college golf recruiting rankings from the 1990s. Oh, <laughs> he's like, well, hell, hell Holder could have got Tiger and Rory, but he didn't. I've got my, I got my good friend Sean Martin on the line here, <laughs> and uh, he's got the the college recruiting rankings from mid 90s. Uh, okay, Carson, we need to we need to do a toast. We haven't done a toast in a long time because we've been having. Uh, a lot of guests. So it's time for the Coop Works Toast of the Week. Coop Works brewing great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Works and please remember to drink responsibly. Carson, who are you toasting this week? Uh, this might be a little self-righteous, but uh, I'm going to toast ourselves. Uh, to- mainly... <laughs> Mainly, mainly toast you for lining up uh, Coach Holder. I know I had a lot of people reach out to me wondering how that happened. I just said, look, Kyle's persistent, and he, he booked him. And I have to say, Kyle, you know, yesterday was a big election day here in Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. State representatives, a big, a big bill. It was so busy, in fact, they sent me to the state capitol to do an interview with um, one of the election board folks. And I'm setting up the interview, and... I'm trying to explain to the guy, look, I'm a sports guy. I'm a little, little out of fish out of water here. World. Yeah, I'm out of my world. I'm out of my box. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I know who you are. I was like, oh, do you watch you watch Channel 5? He goes, yeah. And he goes, I also listen to the, the Pistols Firing podcast. And I was like, oh, cool. He goes, he goes I loved y'all's interview with Mike Holder. <laughs> so that, that shows you just how widespread this thing was. People that yeah. lurking at the state capitol listen to it. Everywhere I go, people have asked me about it. So it's. Testament to you for lining that up, and I thought we did a good job with the interview. It was not our intent for it to go viral, to go, you know, national mainstream. But uh, I think, I think you, we, you can even go back and listen to it for other aspects of the interview. So I just want to toast you and and us for for getting that done, and just how far the podcast has come. We, we, I get uh, people commenting on it everywhere I go. So uh, good on you, Kyle. I'll toast a. Uh, you like you like the. Uh, have you had the Fly Me Away IPA yet? No. Oh, it's it's new. It's good. I'm not yeah. a big IP, I'm not a big IPA guy, but I'm I'm gonna introduce that one to you. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some of that when we go up for our uh, our our summit at the good. end of July. Yeah, that's great. I'm gonna try that out. I appreciate you saying that. Um, it was funny to hear. I think I wrote this a little bit too, but it was funny people at the U.S. Open who who know that I went to Oklahoma State but don't really know that I run this Oklahoma state website on the side came out to me and were like, can you believe what the athletic director said (laughs) about my Gundy? I was like, well, yeah, I, I do believe it. Uh, because, uh, he said it to me. So it was, (laughs) uh, it was pretty, it was pretty funny sort of watching the fallout from kind of a distance. Cause I wasn't, I, I didn't, write much or do much on on pfb that week because of the u.s open and, and my toast is actually going to be uh charles howell the third playing in just his i believe it was the second u.s open uh in the last 11 years and uh he was he was near the lead for the most of the the first two or three days uh faded a little bit on the weekend but uh finished inside the top 25 and uh, got to talk to him a little bit i i went up to him after his, his first round, I think he was one over after the first round, right before he was getting ready to tee off for his second round. And I said, hi on the range. And, uh, I said, I said, man, this course is, is crazy. 
I don't know, I'm sure across like that on TV, but just being there, it was, it was nuts. It was hard. It was, but it was really good. And he, and he looked at me and just kind of smiled like, you know, the golf nerd that he is. And he was like, Oh, this course is awesome. I love it. <laughs> and I was, and then he just got beat up, you know, over the next three days, just like everybody did. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll toast a, uh, I'll toast a horny toad, uh, to Charles Howe for, uh, his top 25 finish at the U S open. Uh, hopefully he, uh, finishes out strong the rest of the year. He, he's almost 40 years old. Did you realize that? I would have guessed he was every bit of it. He's been on the tour for 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> it seems so like he's 39, and uh, he's made almost a million dollars for every uh, year that he's been alive. I think he's made like 36 mil over the course of his career. Yeah, isn't he like top 20 in the money list? Yeah, yeah all time. He had he had to have asked you about Holder, right? The Holder interview? No, nah, well, he, his tea time was in like literally in like 10 minutes. Oh, uh, okay. You didn't have so, time to break down the conversation. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. Uh, I I felt bad even going up to him, but I wanted to to give him a shout out. So yeah, I I still tell uh, anytime Tiger comes up in conversation, I still tell the Charles Howell swimming <laughs> swimming with sharks and Tiger story. How Tiger just jumped in shark infested waters, and and Charles Howell said the CNN headline is going to be Charles Howell gets Tiger Woods eaten by a shark. <laughs> That's an all-time story. My, my favorite part of that is that he, like, there was legit angst over the fact that he was going to watch the number one player in the world die, like, <laughs> by, at the, at the, at, at his, like, outside the boat that he was in. Like, I think he was, like, genuinely concerned that that was going to happen. Yeah, no doubt. That's a, that's an all-timer. It is. Um, okay. Speaking of guys who are a little bit older, um, we need, to, uh, we need to give a shout-out to our other sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Let's get to this week's Throwback of the Week, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, who is somebody, uh, a player, coach, uh, somebody affiliated with the university that you uh, have been thinking about recently or came across recently that uh, just kind of uh, piqued your interest or curiosity? Well, as I said, I'm, I'm just knee deep in the last putt. Um, yeah. do you know the name trip trip Caney? Yeah. Didn't, he's, uh, he's, he's the last, uh, I think he's the only all American in the last 28 years, uh, who did not at least try and turn professional in golf. Right. He was one of OSU's best players, just a golden boy uh, from a great, great family. Just the book makes him seem like a like Captain America, basically, is what he yeah. seems like. And he he played just an epic match with Tiger Woods in like yeah. the amateur U.S. amateur, I believe it was, like a 36 hole mm-hmm. match. And he was like 11 up on Tiger, just on fire. And Tiger kept as he does today hitting it in the woods, and there's these great quotes from from Tripp's family saying, surely this time he's got to be in jail. And every time, Tiger would have a tiny little window to hit it up on the green, and, and Tiger ended up making a historic comeback against him, which was a, a bad memory, obviously, for him. But I thought the coolest story about him, Kyle, he had to play his best friend and teammate. I think it was Chris Tidlin was his name. Yep, he was and like the NCAAs. Chris Tidlin was. Was he? Yeah. Well, they, they play each other in the semifinals. This is a great story. So they're they're just a nervous wreck because they have to play each other. Their families are just a nervous wreck. And they're at dinner the night before. And Tripp and, and Chris, they play a prank. They fill up shot glasses with iced tea. 
And while their parents were off doing something, they come sit down. They're just doing shots of iced tea, and their family's like, "What are you guys doing? You're playing in the semis." <laughs> so that kind of that, that that took the edge off the mood. But I think that the the coolest thing about this is a, this is something I don't even know if I had would have the heart or the or the character to do. On they're on 17 at the Island Hole on TPC. Uh, Trip hits his off like the grandstand, gets like the luckiest bounce of all time, and uh, Chris has like a four foot putt to extend the match and they're best friends trip did not want his best friend to miss a four footer to lose the match he thought he got lucky to get to even be able to win at that point so he he conceded the four foot tester wow. to go to 18 and win it the right way and trip ended up winning on 18 but he did not want his friend to lose the semifinal of the usam by missing like a four or five footer how cool is that that's pretty good that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. There, there's a great story. Um, uh, it was like 2011 or 10 or something like that. Uh, Peter Uline was playing your boy, Patrick Cantlay, at the, uh, at the Western AM, which is kind of like the – it's kind of like the Masters for amateur golf, honestly. It's a, it's a big deal. And same, same thing. Uh, Cantlay – they went to a playoff, and Cantlay had a four – like a – three or four footer and Yuan told him to pick it up and he ended up losing. Cantlay went on to beat him and Yuan was asked about it afterwards. And he was like, look, we were hitting like we were both playing so well. I did not want a match like that to end on a four foot putt. It should end on a great shot. Not because he missed a four footer for bogey or for par, you know, because he made a bogey. Um, That's impressive. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. I, I like that a lot. I, I, I would have made him putt it. That's just me. <laughs> you you would have made me putt it. You're playing up at Lakeside. <laughs> you, you bet your ass. <laughs> uh, okay. better, be, better be inside that putter grip. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, mine is, so I was going over the, uh, th- this, is, this is not necessarily a person. It, it's going to be sort of a collection of, of players, but I was going back over kind of the best true freshman seasons of the Mike Gundy era. There haven't been a lot. Uh, there's only been a handful of guys that were good enough to uh, play much less, you know, have put up solid statistics in their true freshman year. Uh, but the 2007 Oklahoma state offense was loaded and I can't believe, looking back on it, how many pros there were. I mean, it, it, it's it's staggering. I'm, I'm going to read you. I think I put this in Slack the other day. Let's see if I can find it. Um, 2007 Oklahoma State offense. Dantrell Savage, Keith Tostin, Kendall Hunter, Zach Robinson, Brandon Pettigrew, Dez, and Adarius Bowman. I think all of those guys played professionally. I, uh, I don't know about Savage, but everybody else did, I know for sure. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. That That is arguably the best collection of offensive talent they've ever had. And that was in 2007, two years into Gundy's – or I guess that was his third as the head coach. No, I, I remember that team, and they were just so bad on defense. That's like when their defense was just <laughs> comically bad. They at least have athletes now. But back then, like – I remember – wasn't that the year they went up to Nebraska and just destroyed Nebraska and Lincoln? Yeah. That yeah, was like the biggest win of Gundy's career at that time. That's when that's the game that I'll always remember. I was up I actually went to that game covering it for the O'Cauley in, in college. 
And that was the game when they started handing it to this this little number 24. I'm looking yeah. at the program. I'm like, who is – he's getting like 16 yards of carry. Who is that? Turned out turned out to be Kendall Hunter, and he was pretty good. So, yeah, that was – you know, some of those guys were some of Gun- – I think Gundy's first recruiting class might have been his best. That's when he got yeah. Pettigrew. That's when he got Zach, I think. I can't really remember that far back. But I think – I want to say that first recruiting class was a lot of those guys. Yeah, it was. Well, and in- – that uh, 07, Dez and Hunter were both freshmen, and they both played a lot. Wow, yeah. And they, and they still had Bowman. They still had Pettigrew. Uh, Hunter didn't even – I mean, Tostin and Savage were, were better at the time just because they were older and more experienced. Uh, and then Zach was sort of – that was his first real year as the starter uh, in the post uh, – well, Bobby Reed was was that was that also the year that that Indiana saw Dez get off the bus and proceeded to just just hide as Dez was just catching touchdowns over them in in Arizona remember that remember that game just how out athleted Indiana was (laughs) Indiana's yeah they have their answer to Dez was like Antoine Randall L who's like a three quarters of a Dez (laughs) (laughs) Antoine uh, Randall L yeah, how'd you like that pool? That's um, a, that's an old school pool. They uh, come back. I think it was so. I think 2007 was Tostin's sophomore year. His freshman year, they beat Alabama in the Independence Bowl, and he's one of only ten guys uh, in the last 12 years to have two tu- two rushing touchdowns against Alabama. <laughs> that stat. Whoa, that's yeah. a stunner. Keith Tostin. I know that. Alabama wasn't Alabama back then, but that's that's a pretty cool uh, trivia question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Carson, we need to hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, what else do we need to get to before... uh before we move on to uh, later on this week and, and have our guest on. You excited about our guest, by the way? I uh, very much so. I am. I've been uh, been waiting to talk to him. Can't wait. Uh, we had something. Oh, uh, just real quick. What did you think of the, the Mike Yersich race? Um, I'm fine with it. I, I, don't, I don't get outraged about Mike Yersich. I mean, he had the – Last year's offense was the best in school history uh, in terms of a points per drive um, number. They were number two in the country behind OU. I mean, I, I, you can get you know pissed about his play calling and and stuff all you want, and people are like, "Oh, he's no good without a good quarterback talent." Yeah, no crap. Nobody is like, no kidding. Like that's part of the deal, and and he's recruited pretty well. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do this year, you know, after losing so much talent into the NFL draft. But 
that's the point is to get guys uh, into the NFL and to and to run professional football players through your program because that's what wins football games. So yeah, I'm I'm fine. I mean, 200k is a lot. Like you got three percent salary bump, which is is quite a bit. And I don't know if there's, I mean, are, are there other people that are trying to hire him away? Maybe I guess to be a head coach or I I, I don't know. I don't know all the kind of inner workings of it. But yeah, I'm I'm fine with the 200k raise. Well, people have the wrong take on this. The take should be that OSU's paying their coaches like big boy programs. Yeah, and I think that's that's, pa- that's part to, to wrap things up. That's partly why Mike Holder is saying, "Look, I'm paying your offensive coordinator nearly a million dollars. Let's let's recruit a little better, shall we? Yeah. I'm putting some money into this." And here's one last thing I'll leave on. You know, Todd Munkin was not at OSU long enough to be criticized. So he's kind of this golden god of an offensive coordinator. He recruited Wes Lunt at quarterback. Mike Yersich recruited Mason Rudolph and Spencer Sanders. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So I, I've, yeah. I've come full circle on him. I thought he was in over his head at the beginning, but he's he's turned into a – by every measure, he's been a success, and I have no problem with it. People have been pretty uh, pretty critical of me for my Spencer Sanders love. Oh, why should anybody else even show up for the for the QB competition? You just think they're going to give him the job. They're going to redshirt him. He's going to get redshirted. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> the, the new the new rule that the NCAA passed says you can play in what is it three four games three games, and still take and still get a red shirt. There's a zero percent chance that's been, that we're that we're uh, how am I trying this? We are definitely going to see Spencer Sanders, and I still think he's going to be the day one starter. Well, if that's the case with the new red shirt thing, don't you save him for Bedlam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be Don't awesome. you just save them for the meat of the schedule, just play them three or four of those games and then sit yeah. them the rest of the year? <laughs> I mean, Mason Rudolph could still be on campus if that was the case. Oh, wow. that's Well, he would have left, but still, that is crazy. Yeah. Pretty no, I, I save him for the uh, – I'm pulling up the schedule, the, wherever OU is. Uh, the, the last game of the year again? Oh, you, no, you save them no. for uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia, TCU to end the year. Yeah, and then play them in the bowl game if you want. Yeah, sure. Play them in the uh, play them in the, the college football playoff. You know. <laughs> uh, that's phenomenal. Okay, Carson, uh, we'll be back at it later on this week, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, man. Sounds good. All right, see you.